Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ath Geeks Podcast. We are back with the 2012 redraft. You know, we're going to finish this redraft series up. I think we're only going to do it this week and next week. So we're going to do 2012 right now, 2011 next week, and we might do 2010. Don't bet on it, though. I think we're going to take a break after that because uh, we're we're two weeks away, um, a little over two weeks away from the NBA season coming back up. So when the NBA season comes back up, you already know we're going to be talking NBA instead of just talking about these redrafts. We're going to be talking about the actual things that are going on in the NBA. Um, preseason basketball is going on right now. Uh, just watched the Washington Wizards play uh, the Houston Rockets and watch Jalen Green and watch Kevin Porter Jr. And seeing how Kyle Kuzma adjusts with the Wizards. I just wanted to see how they watch. And I also bought my tickets to the Jalen Green. Um, Houston Rockets, San Antonio Spurs game. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see that. I'm going to be sitting basically courtside. The tickets were definitely worth it. Um, but anyways, y'all aren't here to, y'all aren't here to hear me talk about that. Y'all are here to hear me talk about who I would redraft and who got right and who didn't get it right in the 2012 draft. The 2012 draft was actually, actually pretty solid. It was actually pretty solid. Throughout, you had a good amount of, you had your all-stars, you had your superstar MVP type players, you have your solid role players, you have solid starters, championship pieces, you had a little bit of everything. Um, But anyways, let's go ahead and get into the original order with the first pick, the New Orleans Hornets at the time, took Anthony Davis out of Kentucky. Um, Number two, Charlotte took Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Uh, number three, uh, the Washington Wizards took Bradley Bill. Four, Cleveland Cavaliers took Deion Waiters. Five, the Sacramento Kings took Thomas Robinson, who at the time I was really high on. I even loved watching him. I loved playing with him in 2K. At the time, he, he, was, a, he was a beast. Thomas Robinson was at the time. Um, but number six, the Portland Trailblazers took... Damian Lillard. Number seven, the Golden State Warriors took Harrison Barnes out of North Carolina. Eight, Toronto Raptors took Terrence Ross. Nine, Detroit Pistons took Andre Drummond. Eleven, the Hornets had another pick where they took Austin Rivers. Eleven, wait, no, it's ten. The Hornets took eleven. Eleven, uh, Portland took Myers Leonard. Twelve, Houston took Jeremy Lamb. 13, Phoenix took Kendall Marshall, who was really high up because he's supposed to be the next Rondo. And then 14, the Milwaukee Bucks took John Henson. Other notables that came out of this draft are Chris Middleton, Will Barton, Draymond Green, Jay Crowder, Evan Fournier, and Maurice Harkless. So let's jump right into it. Um, Going based off of what New Orleans did, I know New Orleans isn't going to be happy with this pick because they are not happy with Anthony Davis right now, but I have them sticking with their original pick. Um, Even through all the injury history and the lack of aggression, I still think when he puts his mind to it, Anthony Davis is the best player in this draft and a top five player in the league on his best days. But then again, that's when he's aggressive because he's only like a top... 25 top 30 player on his bad days. That's still really good, but his bad days, he kind of goes non-existent. He's an eight-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense, three-time block champ, and an NBA champion. He's a career 24-10 kind of guy. He can shoot. 
handle, defend. He can really do it all at 6'10". You know, there's not really much that's outside of Anthony Davis's bag. Uh, I feel like he'd be way more effective, and I'm so happy that he said he came out and said that this year he's going to play more five. And I think he's just he is the ideal traditional five in today's league. A five who's a defensive player of the year candidate who can switch on the guards and can what's called guard bigs, can rebound, can do everything on the defensive end from, you know, staying in front of one through five, basically not guarding one through five, but he can stay in front of guards and everything and hold his own for a little bit on switches. Um, offensively, he's a mismatch nightmare because if you put somebody, uh, you put a guard on him and everything that matches quickness, he's too big and too dominant. You put a big on him, he's too fast. He can handle rock, shoot it from the perimeter, take you off the dribble. I just think Anthony Davis is the perfect big man in the league today. If he could just stay healthy, I think he's just, he's just, there's no other, if he stays healthy, there, he is the best big in the league. It's just, there's so many what ifs with him? What like I mean, there's so many ifs with him. Like, can he stay healthy? If he stays healthy, if he plays aggressive, if he does this, if he does that, because we've seen him plenty of times not play aggressive. We've seen he can't play a full season in the league. There's just so many things along with him, but I still say he's number one. Um, number two, I have Charlotte. Ah, it's it's tough. It's tough, but I have them taking Dane. You know, Dame Dollar is not a bad shot. I don't care what anybody says. Money on the line, give him the ball. Um, I'm not sure how it works because Kimba's here. Like I said, I like that's how, that's why I was so hesitant because Kimba's still here. Uh, I still feel bad for him because he's he's leaving Portland to go to a poverty team in Charlotte. So he's not like he's like, oh yeah, I'm leaving Portland. I'm gonna be a championship contender. No, you're gonna be in more poverty because you're stuck in Charlotte now. Um. One could argue that he is honestly the top guy in this draft. Like I said, I just don't believe so. I believe AD is the top guy in this draft. But Kimba's already here, and Kimba's going into his second year. So Bill might be the better option fit-wise. But, I mean, Bradley Bill's like six two, like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, anyway. So you're still going to have two undersized guards. So why not just take a under, another undersized guard and have Dame there, the better guard? And just have him there doing most of them. They're both ball dominant, both really scoring. But in hindsight, Dame's the better player. So why would you not take the best player available? You can move Kimba. His trade value was high at the time. Move him, go along somewhere else, and build around Dame. Dame's a six-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA player, MVP-type candidate, uh, big-time shot maker, big tough shot taker. He can he can do it all on the offensive end. I feel really bad that he had to drop that fifty, and he's still struggling out there in Portland. They need to get him some help out there. Uh, number three, I have Washington sticking with their pick with Bradley Bill. Every redraft, you know, um, you have these players like like Bill, like you like Bill to the Wizards, like we like. Okay, yeah, these teams actually got it right. And I saw on a lot of redraft pages, I was looking at some redraft pages. I was like, huh, I wonder what other people have. You know, I always like to compare because I make my list and what I believe. And I'd like to go back and look at other people's lists. Like, huh, maybe they, maybe I put so-and-so too high. Maybe I put so-and-so too low. It was ridiculous the amount of people that had Bill going um, five. A lot of people had Bill going 
fifth in this draft, not third. A lot of people had Draymond Green at three to Washington, and I was like, that is absurd. Yes, Draymond is a championship, like, caliber player. Yes, Draymond has been a defense player of the year and can do showed he can do a lot of the winning plays and can be a good piece on a winning team. But the Wizards weren't a championship team yet. So Green, like John Wall plus Draymond Green doesn't equal a championship team. So it doesn't make sense to me not to take Bradley Beal here. Like, I think the most you could argue is Chris Middleton, not Draymond Green. But I'm taking Bradley Beal still because um, he's a crazy scorer. He almost led the league in scoring last year. Steph didn't go crazy. Uh, This is about the time Wall fell off to injury anyway, so if you would have had an injured John Wall with a Draymond Green, that doesn't make sense. Like, to go with anybody but Bill kind of seems disrespectful. Like I said, I can see your argument for Chris Middleton, but Chris Middleton isn't a 30, you know, 30-point-per-game scorer who can, who I, I don't believe he's a 30-point-per-game scorer that can lead your franchise. I haven't seen Chris Middleton get close to 30 yet, but also he has Giannis on his team, so who knows what would happen if Giannis wasn't on his team, but I still don't think he's a good of as good of a score as Bill. So I'm going to go with Bill here. Bill's a three-time All-Star. You know, he's he's made an All-NBA team. He's had back-to-back seasons where he's averaged 30 a game. Yes, they've been on losing teams and losing records and everything like that, but he's still a bucket getter. I feel like that makes it even better because he's on a losing team without much help, so they're doubling him and everything like that. All the attention's on him, and he's still putting the ball in the basket. So, you know, Bradley Bill, number three. Four, I have Cleveland going with Chris Middleton. Draymond Green might seem like a good choice to make with a big three with Kyrie and LeBron, but I'm going in the route of, you know, the latest champion of Chris Middleton. He's a solid defender and a good scorer. He's a solid scorer. Add another bucket getter that doesn't need the ball in his hand at all times because he's shown that he can shoot 40% from the three. He's another closer to add alongside them. Two-time All-Star, reigning NBA champ. I like that fit of Chris Middleton as the wing player beside in the third star alongside Kyrie and LeBron. I feel like that'd be that'd be really good. He, I think this is before LeBron came back, but Kyrie's there. So Kyrie, Chris Middleton, that'd be solid instead of Kyrie and Deion Waiters. And then, like I said, LeBron comes back. Everything works out. Um, at number five, this is where I have Sacramento taking Draymond Green because – like I know there because after you get this, there's not too many players that have all star potential outside of number five. So I think this is where you would take Draymond Green. You take the perfect blue guy. If any of those top five, the top four teams were like just want to, you know, you see those teams that they just get they got a player, a couple players hurt. So they they were just a playoff team. But then they got a, a couple players hurt, and then next thing you know, they're a lottery team, and then they luck into the lottery, get a good player, and they bounce back. They can be a championship contender again, or they traded for somebody else's pick. If this was like a cha- if they had any championship contender teams there, I would have had Draymond go earlier. But since there wasn't, I'm gonna have Draymond go to um what's called Sacramento. He's a like I said, perfect blue guy and champion. He's the top role player out of the remaining players right here, like. He's uh he's the role player of all role players. His numbers were never jump off the screen. He does all the little things you need to win. He's a perfect leader. He does everything. Like I said, everything you need to win. He's gonna have all the intangibles. He's gonna coach and be your defensive anchor, and he can orchestrate an offense at the same time. Um, the only problem is Sacramento is far, far away from his, a championship contender. So 
you don't really see these guys like prosper as much and you don't see what they really there you don't see their true value unless you put them in a championship contender you put them on a poverty team like sacramento you're not gonna really see what he can do um but he is going to a team with boogie and a declining you know year three tyreek evans you know tyreek evans best year was his first year but you still have boogie tyreek evans and then you have Draymond to go along with them to jump their defense. Pairing him with Boogie could work because you have Boogie on the offense doing, you know, a lot of the offensive work and Draymond doing the defensive work. Uh, they had year two IT. And, like, at point guard, they still have Marcus Thornton, Aaron Brooks. You know, they had some other people that could shoot and score and do little things like that. So I think defense, Sacramento's never been known as a defensive team. Davion Mitchell is going to change that this year but in the past Sacramento hasn't been known as defense of a defensive team and have been known as a really bad defensive team so I think adding Draymond right here changes everything three-time all-star three-time champion six-time all defense um all defense one defensive player of the year two-time all defense um uh all NBA he has like I'm over here starting over all his stuff yeah he, he has a really nice resume a really nice resume not sure how that resume still looks now that he's in Sacramento instead. Uh, six, I have Portland going with Andre Drummond. Unfortunately for Portland, they lose Dame to take this guy. I honestly wouldn't drive him this high because if you know me, you know how I feel about Andre Drummond, but he's still an all-star. He's still a rebound champ. He's still an all-NBA type player. Um... I mean, all NBA type player at one point in his career, he he did this. All I'm saying is, I've never heard of an All Star or an All NBA type player getting traded for a couple second rounders. Um, Drummond and Aldridge in your front court should dominate the boards. Won't be ideal defensively because Andre Drummond is not a good defender, and neither in and Lamarcus Aldridge wasn't known as a, that great of a defender at the time. And without Dame, there, you know, they won't really have much spacing and a lot of scoring in the you know the backcourt they'll just all their stuff really is going to be coming from Andre Drum I mean uh Lamarcus Aldridge and Andre Drummond put backs and things like that uh you won't have Dame to hit their clutch shots I don't think Portland's going to look good for a while but their guard duties get left to Ronnie Price, Nolan Smith, Wesley Matthews and Will Barton having a point forward in Batum uh, I think the play, some of the playmaking duties can be, you know, divvied out to him. Excuse me, but they would most definitely miss Dame scoring. I don't really got much to say about this. Uh, they just take the quote unquote best player available. And he's a four time rebound champ, two time all-star, one time all NBA, like I said already. So let's go ahead and jump up to the next one. Uh, Golden State. Golden State took Harrison Barnes originally right here, and I like Harrison Barnes, but I feel like Jay Crowder would be a better fit alongside this team because this player, like Jay Crowder fits. He's a he's a really, really good, tough 3 and D player that does his job. He doesn't like avoid the big moments. We saw what Harrison Barnes did in the finals. He looked horrendous, which is why they moved him. They Those who parted ways, Eventually, um, Jay Crowder, he's consistent. He makes winning plays. There's not much to say other than he gets the job done. Like, he's a he's a guy that does his job and he does it well. 
So number eight, Toronto. I'm going to have them going with Evan Fournier. With Lowry and DeRozan still there, I think Fournier could be a good fit alongside him. He's another plug-and-play type guy. I've always, I, I like Evan Fournier. He, he did some... He did a little stint in uh, Boston. Now he's with the Knicks. I really like Evan Fournier. I believe he can play in basically any and every system and like adjust accordingly. Like there's there's no there's no system he can't really fit in. He can handle the ball well enough to be a secondary playmaker. He can shoot and score on all three levels. He can be like he's just a guy. He can be like oh yeah, he can be your second ball handler. He can be your second or third scorer on your team. He's a solid team defender. He can be a six man or a starter. He can there's 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 a lot of different um, roles you can put him in. So I think Toronto can use a guy like this and just take the next best player available right there in Evan Fournier. Uh, number nine, Detroit. Uh, they needed they needed another score outside of Greg Monroe on this team because nobody on this team averaged over 11 points per game outside of Greg Monroe. So I'm going to have them taking Harrison Barnes because Harrison Barnes wasn't above average scorer. You know, he got up to 19 points a game in Dallas. He still got a bad rap playing off in the final because I just mentioned it a while ago. He got traded mid-game. And, well, he got traded mid-game in Dallas to Sacramento. Um, I still think he's a solid forward in this league. I believe, like, out of all the remaining guys, he's the best scorer in the league. And uh, at least consistency-wise, like, he's the most... He's the best consistent scorer out of the remaining guys. And I, I I mean, I would love to have a Harrison Barnes on my team. So I don't I don't see this as a bad bad thing. Detroit could use because like I said, they didn't have anybody score over eleven a game on that team. So I think Harrison Barnes will fit pretty well there. Uh number 10, I have the New Orleans Hornets instead of taking Austin Rivers to pair alongside AD. This time we're gonna take Terrence Ross. Um, I know I said Barnes was the best remaining scorer. Ever Ross is one of the few players in this class that has a 50-point game. You know, he when he was in Toronto, he showed the he showed the capability to explode for scoring. And to, you know, just as a scorer, he's super athletic. He can shoot the three, even though he's streaky with it. He reminds you of a, you know, like uh discount Draymond. I'm mean, not Draymond. Discount J.R. Smith, um, you know, like I said, explosive leaping ability, streaky shooting. I just think he'd be an upgrade over Austin Rivers right here. They thought Austin Rivers, they were going to be getting a good score coming in, and he didn't really fill that role. So you have Terrence Ross, and you saw what he could do early on in those Toronto years. So have him doing that with AD, maybe that can change things. They can shoot them in a different direction. Who knows where New Orleans goes from here? It's not like this is going to be a drastic change, but it's going to definitely be an upgrade here. Uh, 11, Portland. They're going to go with Will Barton. Um, I have Portland taking their second-round pick here. He definitely outplayed his second-round selection once he got to Denver, showing that he could do more given the proper situation. Uh, he's been a solid double-digit contributor since he got his opportunity, and he hasn't looked back since. In Portland, he wasn't really getting much play. He wasn't getting much opportunity like that. Second, he got to Denver. He got he did all this and that and looked really good. Hopefully, with them taking him 11 instead of in the second round, they give him more play. They see what he can do, and he jumps up and turns into the Will Barton we all know he is today. Um, number 12, uh, Houston Rockets. I have them sticking with their pick of Jeremy Lamb just because they package him to get the James Harden trade. So I have them sticking with this just to just to make that package deal. 
and Jeremy Lamb is a solid enough player. Even though he did struggle a little on OKC, he played better in Charlotte, getting up to like 15 points a game, averaging roughly about 12 points a game. So I think Jeremy Lamb is still a solid player. He can be a solid backup in this league. And out of all the players left, I mean, a solid backup is really good at this point. Um, so, like I said, just take them so he can package them along with the James Harden trade, and you're good to go. Uh, number 13, Phoenix, Maurice Harkless. Taking a 3 and D player that can play 2 through 4. Yes, they need a PG more than anything, but there aren't really any PGs left that amount to anything and can actually run an offense. So, instead of just taking a PG because y'all need that position – and then them panning, not panning out and getting out of the offense and getting off the team real soon. Just take the best player available and the player that can fit on like fit on a good team because he plays, he, he can shoot the three and plays defense. And they have Drogic still there at point guard. So they would have been fine for like another season just to see how it goes, just until they next year draft a point guard or next year look up some options of free agency. And the fact there's no other guards left is pretty sad. Like no other guard options. Like point guard options is really sad at this point. And we're only at pick 13, and the point guard is looking really, really, really bad. Um, number 14, I have Milwaukee taking Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore was undrafted. Hey, and now he hit the lottery. I mean, that's a that's a that's a real big jump. Uh he's a solid defender, and with not many options left, I just went with fit. Uh, Bazemore was known as one of the best defenders coming into this draft at the time, and the Bucks were a hyper offensive, like at the guard at this time, because they had Monte Ellis, Brandon Jennings, JJ Redick, and Ish Smith. So they didn't really have no defense there. So why not take somebody who was known as one of the best defenders in college? Doesn't hurt too much to add a good defender alongside all those guards. But with their paint protection that year, they had a pretty solid defense because Larry Sanders went crazy that year. And they had, like, two other players with, like, two-plus blocks a game. I think Larry Sanders, uh, he he averaged two, three blocks a game that year, I think. And they had, like I said, they had two other players that averaged two blocks a game. So they had a they had a crazy year block-wise and crazy defensive year with a bunch of guards that can't really play defense. That's how That should, should show you what their paint defense was looking like. So why not add on to that, have a perimeter defender, your defense can even look even better. I know this was a very, very, very short episode. And usually these episodes take twice as long. But when the draft isn't that strong, it's hard for me just to keep talking about these guys and be like, because there's really no debate. There's no like, huh, should I take this? One? Okay, you can argue from this one. Okay, you can argue from this one. Once we got the pick five, everything after pick five was kind of like a, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool, because after pick five, there was no other there was no other all-star type players. I mean, you had Andre Drummond, who's technically an all-star, so I should say after pick six, there's no more all-stars. Everybody else is just like solid, solid players, star, solid starting caliber players or journeymen or anything like that. Because this draft outside of like the top five picks is kind of weak. If those top five players weren't there, the that I had them taking the draft, this would be just as bad as the previous draft. But Anthony Davis, Bradley Bill, Damian Lillard, you know, all them, Draymond Green, Chris Milton, they they saved this draft. Uh, I mean, like I said, you still have the solid players like Evan Fournier and Jay Crowder, 
But if you don't have those superstar, all-star type players, then you end up like last year where you have, who knows, you might have Evan Fournier as a top three pick, as a number one pick without those guys. So it's kind of, these drafts, they're kind of tricky in that way. Um, I think the 2000, if I can remember correctly, the 2011 draft should should be more entertaining. I believe that's the... Is that the Kyrie Irving draft? I, th- I believe that's the Kyrie Irving draft. So that draft should be more entertaining. We should go from there. But anyways, guys, this has been another episode of the Athletes Podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we are.